Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, big news coming out over the last uh, several hours. VPD making more than 250 arrests. They went into this retail theft blitz and came out with a lot of productivity. Again, 258 over splitting hairs, recovering more than 50. in merchandise. And uh, yeah, this is a big feather in the cap for this VPD operations division that came forward and said, listen, we're going to try and nip this in the bud and at least get the ball rolling in the right direction. To speak a little bit more about this, Staff Sergeant Mario Mastropieri of VPD's operations division. Staff Sergeant, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me today. Well, thank you. And the question right out of the gate is obviously this has to make your uh, division feel good that you went in and had an immediate impact. Oh, for sure. And of course, it's not just our division. It's, it's, we're really listening to the voices of a, the shop owners, the business uh, owners, and also the shoppers themselves. So um, yes, it's a great success, this uh, Project Barcode. But at the end of the day, when we hear stories from those uh, businesses and praise from them, that is an even greater success for, in my mind and in our department's mind. So can you walk this through for our listeners and maybe even for myself as well? What is the process? So the police officer arrests or detains or what what are they doing? Are they actually charged or are they just released? What are, what are we looking at from a process uh, perspective? Yeah, for sure. I could give you a little bit of a rundown how you know a typical day would look. But the main thing is we work with our partners outside uh, with the businesses and the business community, the store uh, security, loss prevention officers. And a lot of these store security and loss prevention officers, they know these offenders, the shoplifters, especially the violent ones, because they're repeat offenders. So uh, basically our day looks like we are in communication with those uh, security staff or LPOs. They recognize somebody walking into the store who's previously A, shoplifted from them or B, may have shoplifted and had some sort of violent interaction with them. And at that point, they communicate to us. Uh, typically, there is a theft observed by the security staff. Um, obviously, to, to make the arrest, we have to see that theft. And most times, nine out of 10, that the, that person they recognize is there to commit a theft. So once that theft occurs, instead of having that uh, security officer or um, loss prevention officer put themselves at harm's way to try to make that arrest and be faced with violence of a weapon, our members are in place close their um, identify themselves and they uh, affect the arrest basically on behalf of that security uh, or that store and then that eliminates the f- you know that factor of having violence against that security officer so in most part most of the times what we are finding um, they're offenders are less likely to produce any violence or weapons towards police. So typically it's a successful arrest. Uh, and then we also got to look at, well, we have, you know, uh, acts that we got to f- uh, abide by. So we have the Bail Reform Act, for example. So there's times where we have to justify trying to remain or keep somebody in custody or hold them for court for the next morning, maybe have some conditions imposed on them. And uh, we also have to realize that there's times where we must release. So there's no reason to hold this person in custody. So typically, um, we have to make that decision. 
either way, they'll be charged at that point, whether they're uh, sent to jail and be held for court in the morning, or if they're released on some paperwork with some conditions, you know, not to attend the store or that business or a certain area. Either way, a charge gets forwarded uh, through a report to Crown Council to our, our justice system. So one of the things that I take away from your answer, and, and I appreciate you breaking it down so simple for even a person like me that's just getting you know his feet wet in this topic, but chronic shoplifting, violent thieves. I would imagine that those are two at the top of your priority list. A hundred percent. So a lot of times when I produce these stats, I do remind people our, our goal here is is not to, you know, have a hard, fast, zero policy on any shoplifting whatsoever, no matter the dollar amount, because that's not realistic. And even the business owners and the security also have the same uh, belief in that. So we're really targeting that violence uh, and the repeat offenders. So we, we see the repeat offenders. Like one of the stats on this most recent uh, project was there's 25 repeat offenders in 16 days. And that's just locally. And part of this third phase of barcode was expanding it lower mainland wide to other police agencies and we even saw 11 of the offenders that we arrested in Vancouver all of a sudden you know being arrested in different jurisdictions getting arrested for the exact same thing so this is what we're we're targeting and we, we have to understand that everybody has uh, an acceptance of uh, why somebody shoplifts we, we could all agree that there's poverty for example mm-hmm. there's mental health there's there's drug addiction and there also is a, a organized crime aspect to some of these thefts, you know, the bigger ticket items. So there's a lot of levels of why somebody were to steal. And there's a lot of levels of government that, hey, they need to step up in their in their levels to, to try to combat this, specifically the violence. And uh, one of the things in, in the release that I was reading that I actually thought was pretty cool is that you work with several different jurisdictions here. But one of the questions that I had coming from it is you have specific police like Delta Police, Port Moody Police, VPD, working with RCMP detachments from Burnaby, Richmond, Langley. How do those work when you have kind of church and state? Are you guys finding a seamless transition to be able to communicate properly and effectively and efficiently? We're, we're in the early stages of expanding that. Um, so this third phase of barcode uh, obviously was one of my personal goal is to make this a little bit more of a lower mainline because I did speak about crime has no boundaries and we all know that offender is going to commit a crime in city A but they're you know they may get arrested and they'll go to city B and and unfortunately it's the capture those real prolific and uh, repeat offenders committing crimes in the lower mainland. The, the the communication aspect of it, on this project, for example, we, we presented what was successful in barcode to the other uh, jurisdictions and the other police agencies and suggested, you know, if this might be an approach that you might want to consider and also focus on a certain time frame. So if, if we all coordinate a time frame and limit it to the like 16 days, you know, some jurisdictions were only able to commit a couple days or maybe a week. But if we were to commit in that same area or that same time frame, that's how we capture the repeat offenders in different jurisdictions. So even though um, there are separate jurisdictions, uh, there is open communication to the other's police uh, jurisdictions in regards to who was arrested, who was caught. And also that way we were able to keep uh, a track of all the arrests and just cross-reference of them. Um, the names and who were the offenders were. Well, I can tell you as a guy that had a small business in Vancouver, it was great to see the story and great to see result to the action. So uh, Staff Sergeant, thank you for your time this afternoon. Appreciate it. No problem. Thank you very much.